Welcome everybody to Dead Talk Live, and tonight it is my honor to welcome our special guest, star, one of the stars of Fear the Walking Dead, Jenna Elfman. Jenna, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Thank you for having me. You, um, you actually just had a friend of mine on, Sophia Banks. Oh. Uh, and uh, so I was actually just watching your interview with her earlier today. Um, so proud of her. Sophia is awesome. And she did an amazing job in her directorial debut uh, with Black Sight. So I don't know if you watched it yet, but you got to watch uh, that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I actually, uh, my husband has and I have not yet. So I'm going to get that done. You're definitely going to enjoy it. So you had a great episode last night. We lost John Dory Sr. Uh, to everybody's sadness. Having worked with uh, Keith Carradine, who brilliantly played the role of John Sr., you two had the most uh, scenes together on, the, you know, as partners. Uh, what was it like working with Keith and ultimately having to say goodbye to him from the show? Yeah, well, working with him is um, a total pleasure. He is the sweetest, most sincere fella. Uh, we had great conversations. Um, during our time working together. I said this in, a, in my post today, but like you just always feel safe when you're around him. You feel safe to try things, safe to be yourself, safe to make an error, you know, mm -hmm. safe to work it out. Like it's just, he's such a, a, a Dory. He really is um, in his own heart. You know, he's just a sweet man. Um, and so I really loved working with him. And I was just super sad when I found out that his story was coming to an end. Um, my heart just went chink. And, and on behalf of June, my heart broke too, you know. Um, but it is a, a catapulting transitional time for her. So it's one of those things where you get sad, but you also understand story-wise, it just really raises the stakes for her change, you know? Yeah. Now, your character has gone through the biggest change over the last several seasons from when we met you. And we're going to get to that in a second. But moving forward, now that June has lost John Sr., do you think she is going to be somewhat lost in that compound, especially with Strand knowing that June betrayed him? Um. I think, you know, it's, what's funny is I think that how she has been operating in the tower prior to finding out Charlie, you know, is ill from the radiation. When, she, when June had this epiphany, like this huge wake up call, yeah. I think she was lost. And that's what led her to kind of not step up and say something, not own her space there, not stand up to Strand or Howard because she was lost. Mm -hmm. When June isn't lost, she's courageous and bold. And, um, but it was like too much to lose John and go straight into the nuclear explosion you know, into the bunker and then into Strand's tower and then to see the tyrant he had become. Like she didn't, <laughs> she hasn't had a lot of healing processing time. No. She hasn't had a lot of self-care time. No. Um, 
And so I think she was actually lost kind of leading into this. And Charlie, what happened with Charlie's is, I think, really woke June up, which is what she communicated to Charlie towards the end of 710. Now, I got to say, with the previous week's episode, Alexa uh, Nissenson, uh, I messaged her and said, great job. I was so glad that she sort of got an episode of her own and she nailed it out of the park. She's such a brilliant actress. And, you know, she was very, she's such a great person in real life as well. And it must be a treat to work with her. Now, June, several episodes ago, made a statement about sort of kind of being invulnerable because you're the only medical professional in that tower do you feel that June might be overplaying her hand a little bit with Strand, thinking that she is sort of uh, not vulnerable to whatever he does because he needs her that badly? I think part of June's June's reality is knowing the narcissism that is in Strand, mm-hmm. that it's also to keep himself alive. You know what I mean? Like he won't permit himself to not be able to be cared for, to keep himself alive, you know? So I think she understands the power in being uh, of value in the tower to others from Strand's point of view, but also for Strand. Exactly. Strand's not gonna let himself become that vulnerable where there's no one to save his life should he need it he's not that dumb he's a very smart man now working with coleman and seeing this transformation that he has undergone this season and when the director yells out action and he becomes strand this overpowering force in the room what is it like to share scenes with him in that character mode yeah when coleman uh is in that mode uh, I think it was episode 707 mm-hmm. um, when Morgan comes in and poisons Strand mm-hmm. and June's there sort of watching all of this go down. Um, you know, Coleman is a very tall man and I'm I'm a tall woman, but he's even taller than me. And his voice is so powerful. And to watch him and to be in such close proximity when he's embodying this intoxicated creature is so powerful um it's a joy i i had so much fun watching him i i you know when you're that close to an artist that's just <laughs> like like drinking from the joy of creativity mm-hmm. you know it's it's beautiful it's been really fun watching him do this i mean he just fills up and he lights up and you can tell he's just having so much fun with it. I bet he is. Uh, yeah. I bet he is. Now, in last night's episode, when you and Keith were underground and the water was flooding in and you're fighting off the walkers and sort of Keith, uh, John Dory Sr., you know, holds the walkers back as you're trying to make a, an escape and you're trying to say, no, come with me. You know, how did you guys work that out? Because you played off each other so brilliantly in that scene with all the elements, the the walkers, the water being underground. Uh, did you guys rehearse it? Walk us through filming that. 
Yeah, that was a uh, very um, time consuming in terms of like bandwidth for everybody because there were so many factors to align. Um, so, you know, it's story-wise, I spent hours the night before, like hours. Um, I even hopped on the phone with Ian Goldberg because, you know, I just really wanted to make sure I was tracking every moment because there's so many discoveries that happen in that scene. There's cross agendas. Information is coming to light for both of them, you know, um, about what their agendas are to each other. June finds out he has radiation poisoning all the while, you know, June knows there's this tunnel that's full of walkers and knows that there's a very short window of time to accomplish this goal of getting baby Mo out because yeah. Morgan is waiting. And so, you know, June and Grace have been working this out and planning it and the clock is a ticking and there's like a very specific window and June knows it. So mm -hmm. the stakes and the clock, you know, is a very relevant or re relevant aspects for June. That's like the motor of this scene for her and, you know, and her own purpose underneath that on what that means to get Mo out yeah. um, so that they can take Strand down and take the tower. Um, and then the discovery process of Dory. And, you know, when finally we put on, she puts on the armor and when I go into the water, I think he's with me. I mm -hmm. think I had changed him in that thing to then find out like, yeah. Why aren't you going? And, and and him like I didn't change him, and now we're in the middle of all these walkers, and more are coming, and etc. So with the walkers, those are all stunt people, and there was many, many different camera setups, and different times, and different, you know, the viewers. It's amazing how much even the diehard fans. It's amazing how much you don't know yeah. and how much you take for granted of what goes into what you're watching <laughs> um, and how much work by how many people on that crew it takes just to get one of those frames of action to yeah. happen and then to edit it all together is immense. I, I know, I bet. And it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, was there, do you think at any point in yesterday's episode with the way John was talking to June, do you think June saw John as a threat to her in some way? Uh, was she, did that ever, do you think that ever crossed her mind when, when he, when John was telling you, I got to gain uh, Strand's ear, you know, he was sort of saying, this is where we need to be, to be safe. What do you think was going through June's mind? Did it ever cross her mind that he may betray me? Uh, yes, but I don't think that it would. I think June always knows that our hearts are in the same place. But the problem is, you know, someone may, you know, their heart might be in the right, right place, but you know that they can be a tremendous liability because the way they're going about it is super wrong. Yeah. And, you know, he's laid all this groundwork that I had nothing to do with that I'm discovering and finding out and I'm trying to talk him out of it going, you, 
you know, this is what happened to your son. And, and this is what happened to you before doing the wrong thing for the right reason. And it destroyed your life. And, you know, I'm, I'm like having to counsel him through this potentially disastrous decision yeah. that he's fully committed to. And, you know, June understands it, but she also knows this is not going to work. And she's tried to tell him like, you're not going to change strand like yeah. strand in doing so strand's going to change you and you're going to become something you don't want to become and june knows that from her Ginny days and uh so i think june's feels confident in her approach of what they're doing and she's trying to tell him you can have this legacy you can make this tower safe for mo but we have to do it in a different sequence yeah but he's so hellbent and and he has all these things in place that he has to commit to now so it's this like collision of purposes um and i you know when someone has like an agenda that is you know someone can have an agenda that's directly against you mm -hmm. i and i know june doesn't think that that's what it is but i think she knows it's an agenda that is other than what is going to be the optimum agenda and she has to talk him off that ledge yeah. or it's going to ruin the whole thing that she has in place that she knows is the greatest good choice you know i totally agree and then we find out that the reason why john does this radical turn is because he, he knows he's dying and you know do you think at any point when June re saw sees that he has radiation poisoning, you think because the sequence of events happened so quickly, did it ever sink into her in the moment that he's gonna die? I'm gonna lose him at you know relatively soon. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a that's that was like a paralyzing moment to see that belly in this moment of the clock ticking and uh you know and then he's like i don't have long she's like you don't know that you know she's immediately in denial even of course she knows that but it's like i i i have to somehow for herself to get through the moment and also to keep him somewhat aligned to not fully sacrifice himself in this moment like you know, it's so many things at once in that moment that it was quite paralyzing for June. It goes back to what you said a little bit earlier that throughout all the stuff that's been going on over the last, you just never have the time to process the stuff that happens because we, the next thing happens, you know, in the post-apocalyptic world. And I think that sums it up uh, beautifully. So when you were introduced onto the show, we were told your name was Naomi. Okay, and <laughs> remember that? Oh, so yeah. uh, it was in the stadium and, you know, you were there, you had an agenda. So when you first came on to the show, how much of your character did Ian or Andrew explain to you how far your character was going to go? Uh, yeah, I did a Skype call with, um, with Gimple and... He walked me through, they didn't, you know, they didn't ever, sorry, I keep bonking my computer. <laughs> um, they didn't say 
I mean, my contract was for a certain number of years. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there wasn't like, let's bring you in for six episodes and see how it goes. Like it was a commitment of a new series regular for a specified amount yeah. of years. Um, and they walked me, you know, Scott walked me through her background as a trauma nurse. And she had a daughter who she lost and the, you know, kind of the backstory of the FEMA shelter. Um, I didn't even, unless I just don't remember, I didn't know that there was going to be this whole love story with John Dory or anything until I got the script. Um, so yeah, it was just the basics really of being a trauma nurse and her daughter. And, um, I wish I had recorded the Skype call. (laughs) Now your biggest pivot point point on the show is of course, when you lose, uh, John Jr., Garrett, who played him brilliantly. Garrett's a great actor. Uh, and then shooting Virginia. Uh, when you read the script of uh, not only John dying, you having to put him down after he turns, and then ultimately taking your revenge uh, on Virginia, what were your thoughts as you were reading the script on where June's character was going? Uh, well, you know, luckily they, they called me and told me what was going to be happening, uh, long before I ever got the script. So I had time to kind of start processing it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I knew that it was going to be, I think my first instinct was, oh, this is going to change June tremendously. And this is, you know, heartbreaking, but oh my God, is this going to be. I don't want to play the same character in the same mental condition for years. You know, that, that it's so much fun to be able to have things affect your character and keep evolving their story um, with the audience's participation of their heart and soul, you know? So I'm, I love these big events happening to her. And it's such a fun journey as an actor to like find how those emotional transitions affect you know, where you sit in your body, what happens to your face? You know, I knew this, I had this friend of mine who went a really long time without a boyfriend and she had kind of, um, she was kind of tough, you know, she like always wore black and was just had this like really like tough, uh, demeanor. And then she got a boyfriend and ended up having a child together and uh, and fell in love with him and her entire face changed. She started wearing dresses and pastels and like <laughs> her everything changed when she found love. Yeah. And it was so incredible to me to watch a, this transition take place, you know, even how she held her mouth, like everything, her whole countenance just changed and so i i love or you know you see someone you haven't seen in a while and you're like they're not doing so good well what is it about them that tells you that story when you haven't even spoken to them what is it is it their skin tone is it the the shape of their mouth is kind of changed you know is it their hair you know what is that is it how they're even in their body so all of these things tell a story and all of these emotional shifts that people go through in their life when big events happen to them it changes them it changes them in their body and everything so 
as an actress, I'm loving all of these changes and finding how that manifests, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I remember the episode when uh, Garrett got written off, when John Jr. died. Uh, I spoke with uh, Michael Satrazimus. I sent him a message. And, you know, because there was a little bit of negative fan backlash of uh, John Jr. dying. He, be, he had become a fan favorite. And I was sort of kidding around with uh, Mikey. And he's like, you know, what well, we all know that the level-headed fans that watch the show, that every death is to propel, to propel another character. Uh, John Jr.'s death was to propel June. And we saw that in your actions. You killed Virginia. And then you walk out of that chapel, you put on John's hat, and at that moment, the old June is dead, okay? Uh, that is what you convey to the audience as you were walking, you know, when you walked out of that church, I think it was a church, a building, yeah. and uh -huh. then down the street, put the hat on, the expression. Is that what you wanted to convey? Because that that's what it conveyed to me. The old June is dead. This is the new June. 100%. Um, you know, that was somebody taking full ownership um, over what they felt needs to be done, despite any liability anywhere else. Um, despite what Morgan said as the rules, despite, you know, when you have a character like John, that's and his benevolence and the, the Dory effect, you know, that has gone through so many characters and helped so many characters. You can't have a death like that be for nothing and just yeah. hang out in the universe without any repercussions or any seismic shift of writing it that you something you can never write. You can never write that, but you can make a seismic shift in the justice factor. That's true. And June needed to do that. Um, to honor John and, you know, to kind of, I don't know, just like pull it out by the root, you know? Exactly. Give it some form of justice in a world where they were seriously considering letting Virginia and um, uh, Dakota go. And that was just not acceptable to June. I want to thank you so much, Jenna, for coming on here and sharing all these great insights into your great character. I want to say that when you came on board, Garrett, Lenny came from The Walking Dead over to Fear, you know, and Ian and Andrew and Cetrazemus. The show just took a complete right turn and became this amazing show. And all of you guys played a part in it. And it's, and I've told this to Michael as well right now. Fear of the Walking Dead is the my favorite out of the franchise, and I think you guys are doing a great job. Congratulations on yesterday's episode. We look very much forward to see what's going to happen and how this is all going to play out with Strand. I know you can't answer this, but personally, I don't see how Strand gets to live, but we've been surprised before on in the Walking Dead universe. Should we be excited as to what's going to come up with June and see some more twists and turns in your character? Yeah, you know, I think that feeling, um, it, it, that feeling everyone had when when June changed and starting to started to just own her position, 
in the world for herself. Mm -hmm. um, and then she kind of like backseated to Morgan's things and his rules. And then she started standing up to him a little and had her plan in the tower and then had this wake up call. Yeah. Since having this wake up call, I think we're gonna start seeing a different part of June that might be a little bit more in that zone of her owning her own integrity. Awesome. Jenna, yeah. again, thank you so much. I want to thank our audience for those who are tuning in live and those of you who are going to watch this later on. Again, big thank you to Jenna Elfman. Do you have any final thoughts you want to share before we go? Uh, I'm just excited for all the characters changing in this season and how that's going to lead into season eight. And with the bigger themes in the Walking Dead universe, I think it's going to be really cool and really yeah. interesting and everyone's going to dig it. I, I definitely believe that. Thank you so much again. On behalf of Jenna, Elfman, and myself, guys, stay safe and stay walking. Good night. See ya.